podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Support for GigPod is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Get 20% off plus free delivery with the code GIGPOD at manscaped.com. Hello and welcome to episode 57 of GigPod. I'm Rizzo and I'm joined by Spunkphone and unbelievably Spunkphone. We've done two podcasts together and both times there's been technical difficulties. That's just remarkable, isn't it? Just an absolute disaster, Rizzo. Much like the um, performance at Tynecastle that we're about to come on to. But um, thanks everyone for obviously downloading and tuning in to listen to John and I despair over Yet another um, defeat for Celtic. Looking forward to it, mate. <laughs> yes, it was you and Stevie after the Mitchell Leonard game. And now it's me you talking about our game against Hearts in Saturday night. A game which we lost 2-1. We gave away a bad goal in the first five minutes. That's the Gary McKay Stephen. Then, in a truly unbelievable moment, Anthony Ralston equalised with a, a superb solo goal that Lionel Messi would have been proud of. And we had a good spell then with a goal wrongly disallowed, chopped off by a good old linesman and the nice guy Halliday published to get red carded for a ridiculous challenge and Conor and uh, Conor McGregor, Callum McGregor <laughs> well, Conor McGregor with that back Callum just waved his finger and wasn't even a booting by the great Robert Madden but we don't really want to mention referees that's what Stephen Jenner does and then in a typical Celtic style we gave away a truly abysmal goal in the last two minutes, well, near Beaton managed to lose his man and Scott Bain seemed to dive behind the ball. So, all in all, not a great week for Ange and not the best first league game for him and Charles Spunkfoam. What did you make it last night? It wasn't the greatest performance, was it? I, I think aside from maybe 20 or 25 minutes that, that we had after half time and up to the, the equaliser, the incredible equaliser for big Anthony Ralston that I'm Sure, we'll come on in a bit more detail. Um, I thought it was a pretty poor performance, to be honest. I, I don't think we were we were great. We lose two soft goals, obviously. Um, defensively, um, you know that's that's been a Achilles heel for um, quite a long time now. And, and to be honest, I don't see it changing anytime soon. Not unless there's major reinforcements brought into that back line. And by that, I mean a, a goalkeeper, two new fullbacks, and. and probably another centre-half as well. Starfelt, obviously, was pretty calamitous, to be honest, at the first goal. We can't really get away from that. He had that back pass as well at one point, which nearly went in for an own goal. But funnily enough, after saying all that, then I'm going to say I don't think he was actually as, as bad as maybe some people had made out. I thought Tony Ralston, actually, even the goal aside, was probably one of our better players again, which, to be honest, is saying quite a lot about the last couple of performances. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, I don't think it was a great performance other than that that 20 or so minute spell after half-time. Kind of similar, I suppose, to, 
Mitchelland in that regard. Um, and once again, set pieces. Um, we just completely shoot ourselves in the foot. So, a typical Celtic performance. It's not been the best start for Ange. That's three games, three competitive games, no wins. In a way, we probably could have won the three. I mean, I think if Beaton hadn't got sent off and Eddie hadn't missed that setup, we could have won the first leg. Second leg, we had that setter that Forrest missed. And then settings after it equalised. And then in the game at Tynecastle, we get a goal chopped off for offside that wasn't offside. We'd have went 2 1 ahead, and I think we would have wanted to win the game. But these things happen in football. And I think for his sake, nobody will be blaming Ange for anything yet. Celtic's recruitment has been shambolic this summer, but he has to start winning games, starting against uh, Jablonic in the Europa League qualifying Thursday night, just to get. Like, I'll just like the, the fans will stick by him, but just to get like for now, but just to get like a winning mentality forced into this team. You and I have, have kind of discussed, well, willing to give the guy time, but one thing he's got to do, and any Celtic manager has got to do, is they've got to buy themselves time. And I think that game on Thursday, which I'm again, I'm sure we'll come on to in a bit more detail, is crucial now because it's it's now three competitive games without a win. Like you say, there, there's moments you look at in those games where it is sort of fine margins and I think that just makes it all the more frustrating to be honest at how lackadaisical we've been with, with the recruitment side of things because if we'd got these players in sooner, if we'd got Furuhashi and Starfelt in a week or two sooner than, than we did there um, which really we should have been looking to do, knowing obviously these ridiculous quarantine rules that we've currently got in place with a wonderful Scottish government, John, who we've never <laughs> criticised on this show. No, 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 never. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, the, I, th- I think that makes it all the more frustrating is that there's actually been fine margins in this game. Like you say, last night we had uh, a perfectly legitimate goal um, ruled out for offside. All right, fair enough, we'll take that in the chin. Um Ryan Christie, when he came on, and, and actually he's been one of our better players in the last few games, I'm surprised he didn't start last night. He had an opportunity at one point where he tried to kind of curl it back across Craig Gordon, where really Furuhashi was waiting there for a, a tap-in, and that would have been 2-1 as well. So it, it's it's these little instances at the moment that are costing us, along with just some absolutely calamitous defending yet again. Yeah, we talk about the defending. I mean, Starfield. Didn't really cover his ceiling glory with a first goal, but I'm getting, willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. I mean, it's his first game. He's getting thrown into a difficult situation. As you said, he didn't really play that bad, apart from nearly scoring one of the most bizarre own goals all the time in the second half. But, I mean, I'm willing to give him time. We can't write him off yet, but near Beaton and Scott Bain, I mean, I was a bit surprised that near Beaton started. He had already let the side down by getting sent off against Midgeland. I thought it would have been Welsh or Murray. That would have been a gamble, but they're actually centre-halves. They're no midfielders masquerading as centre-halves, which near beating is, even though we've done it for years in Champions League qualifiers, played at centre-half, and it's almost always ended badly. But he wasn't good for the first goal, but he was absolutely terrible for the second goal. I mean, he just didn't challenge for the leader at all, and... Scott Bain, I mean, he was so bad for that winning goal for Hearts. He sort of gave the guy all the time, all the time in the world, all the space to put the header into the goals because he left a big, huge gap. And they sort of dived after the ball was by him. It just, it's just no good at just held the goalkeeper, Scott Bain. And 
surely, surely, surely we're going to sign a goalkeeper this week. And I, I, I know a lot of people are like fond of Joe Hart, and I'm not fond of him particularly, but he's better than the Celtics goalkeepers. And I know people are talking about Craig Gordon because of the two saves at the end of the game. I mean, Craig Gordon had lost his place at Celtic and all that stuff to bring him back, as as you said on the, the Never To We Listen to podcast, was revisionism. But, I mean, we don't really need to say much about Neil Buton because we've seen it before, but it's just un- unfathomable that we've got three goalkeepers and none of them are good enough. I mean, all right, Connor Hazard hasn't played a lot, but if he ha- with how bad your goalkeepers are, if he was good enough, he'd got a chance. And Barkas, I've seen people say give him a chance, but I think his days are numbered, especially when they get dropped for the second leg against Michelin. I think we'll probably try and move him on, on loan at least, in the transfer window. And Scott Bain's just no good. I mean, how are Celtic managed to get into this situation where we've got three goalies and none of them are any good? It's absolutely mad, isn't it? Aye, I mean, Bain is, is just always a calamity or a, a mistake um, waiting to happen. Um, and it was the same case again last night. I don't know what he was doing, to be honest, with his positioning um, at that second goal for Hearts there. I don't know what it is that he supposedly brings to the team. Um, because even his kicking's pretty poor as well. And I know I, I did kind of say first time around in the recording that with Craig Gordon, it, it is revisionism. And it is. I, I don't think for one second that he should have been kept on. His time at the club was up. We've just obviously not adequately replaced, not even Craig Gordon, we didn't adequately replace Fraser Foster because Craig Gordon had been near the first team for 18 or so months. But one thing he does do, as much as I think they've they've kind of overdone it with those two saves at the end, was he he done the basics well enough last night and, and we've not had a goalkeeper that can do these fundamentals um, well enough for, for quite a while. And I know Craig Gordon himself, as a Celtic goalkeeper, to be fair, was very error-prone. We'd be sitting here all night if we just went over his, his mistakes in Europe alone, never mind some of the, the soft goals he conceded domestically. But uh, like I said, the, the one big difference last night was Hearts had a goalkeeper that done the fundamentals and the basics well enough, those two saves at the end of the game, which, like I said, I don't think they were world-class saves or anything that people seem to be making out, but they were they were solid, decent saves and with Bain um and, and with Barkas as well, we're we're not getting that. So I, I think there will be a goalkeeper to come in. Um with with, with you and saying that um I think it'll probably be at some point this week if it is Joe Hart or if another name gets pulled at the hat. I don't know what our recruitment strategy is at the moment to be honest, but I wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if we were just pulling names out of thin air. But it's it's a position that needs to be addressed drastically for us. I think as as much as we were seeing Tony Nelson's funnily enough, been one of our better players the last two two or so games. You know, the the fullback area as well needs to be addressed drastically because um you, you see how crucial they're meant to be to Angie's system. And they're just at the moment what we've got there in Greg Taylor and Tony Nelson is two pretty limited footballers. And fair play to um Tony Nelson is doing his, his best at the moment it was an outstanding goal last night it, you know the, the way that he finished it off I wish our attacking players were that ruthless at the moment which they don't seem to be but you could give James Forrest some lessons in finishing <laughs> definitely off his last couple of showings he, he's I don't know what the, the case is with Forrest at the moment it's as if he was sort of rushed back from injury potentially and, and I don't know if he's, he's maybe just not there as of yet he was out for quite a long time and I'm imagining that is probably what it is but 
I was surprised Ryan Christie never started that game, to be honest. I know we're kind of coming on to a different area now, and we don't want to be too critical of the manager, but you know, there's one or two decisions there that I felt were you know, fairly clear cut, um, easy enough, and it'd be he'd certainly be helping himself um, if he'd if he'd went with the correct personnel last night. But there was definitely one or two in that lineup that never should have been there. But I, I think, to be honest, a lot of these issues are bigger than bigger than the manager, definitely. And um, I don't see any drastic improvement coming in, unless we do make five, six, seven signings before the end of this window. <laughs> it is. Uh pretty drastic situation that we're in there thanks to our uh, wonderful board but I mean just back to the goalkeepers for a second I mean I know none of particularly fond of Craig Gordon but he's probably better than any of our goalkeepers now which is uh, alarming to say the least and Anthony Ralston I mean he's a guy that I don't think has really got a long term future at Celtic he's been out on loan we've tried we've been linked to it I think 10 fullbacks, right backs, and I don't even think that's an exaggeration. We're linked with right backs all the time, but he has been one of our better players in the, the three games this season. And I don't know if that says a lot about Celtic or it says a lot about him, but well done to him for just getting his head down and going. But he didn't let him down in midweek, unlike other big name players. And his goal last night was genuinely excellent. I genuinely couldn't believe it when he scored it. Texted, I texted her. Colleague Stevie just in shock that he'd scored it, and that was the highlight of the game, which really says a lot. But just back to Forrest for a second, I don't know. I think when he's got time, I think he's better when he's more instinctive. When he's got time, he doesn't always do well. He had time, he like picky spot, I think, last night. But just I think if he was more instinctive, he would have done something different. But I don't know, maybe I'm just looking for an excuse for him. I'm not sure what's going to happen myself this season. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to get criticised by the Celtic family, but as it stands, I'd be surprised if we won the league. I mean, and obviously that's not what anybody wants to hear, but I want us to get back to the top and win the league. But this squad, the new, isn't good enough to win the league. And I think more players will probably leave this window. I think Christie will probably leave. I'd rather they stayed. And you're right, it should have started last night. I didn't get that for Ange. I think... I would be happy for Chris to sign the contract even at the end of the season, but I doubt that will happen. Edward, I think it's probably better that he leaves. I mean, he still, he still got some of that magic. It was his sort of pass to set up, his touch to set up for us for that chance he had last night, but he's just no in it at all. He's just nowhere near the player he used to be. I really don't know how much money we'll get from him now. I'd be shocked if we get anything like that. £80 million that's been linked. And we Ange, we all, as we said earlier, we need to give him time. But he has to start winning games. And I just feel for the Celtic team to know, as it stands, even if we sign a couple of players, going to Ibrox at the end of the month, and if we get humped, which could happen, sorry Celtic family, but it could, I think that'll be the end of any honeymoon period Jan just had. And he's not even had a honeymoon period because he's no one in his first three games. And away, I feel so. I feel sorry from away in a way because he's took over the Celtic in an absolutely ridiculous time. It's just the club's in a really strange frame of mind now. But you need to win games at Celtic. A manager can't start off with his first three games and they're big games when he wins. We've got Jablonic, the two games against Jablonic, and we've got another three home games before we play the Angels. We've got Hearts in the League Cup, St Mirren, and Dundee. 
So that's five games, and I think he really has to win every single one of the games, and we should, because we should still have enough to beat Jablonic twice. We should be able to beat Hearts in the League Cup. We should have beat Hearts last night, even though we didn't play that well. Hearts weren't good at all. We should be able to beat Dundee's and Munn at home, surely, even though the Celtic team is not very good. But he has. I think he needs to win the five games. Maybe four and a draw with Age of Blonick, because it's away from home. But he needs wins very soon. And that, if Celtic get their finger out and start saying more players, that will help. But he, he does need wins very, very soon. Would you agree with that? I would. I would, absolutely. And um, ahead of the, the trip to Ibrox as well, we're going to have another round of European qualifiers and the, the playoffs to negotiate, whether that's for the Europa League or... I don't think we can rule out the Conference League at this stage. I forgot, really I forgot is... about the games. I deliberately forgot about the games because <laughs> if I thought about it, it would take a migraine. So uh, thanks for that, Spunkphone. <laughs> no, but it's, it just shows you how big, a, how big a month we've got coming up here. And and he really does need to turn it around um, turn it around quickly. I'm more than happy to give him time and trust the process and all that sort of part. But um, ultimately, to be a Celtic manager, you have to buy yourself time. And, you know, we should have been coming into this season aiming to win the league we still can it's you know one game in a 38 game season that's gone but at this moment in time it's looking increasingly unlikely um because we've we've just been totally negligent to be honest i, I think that's the only word for it on the recruitment front we've, we've just not done enough the fact that we're going into that game last night and um i know we keep saying it like tony nelson's been all right in the, the three competitive games we've played so far but he's only right back at the club at this moment in time it's a disgrace that that's even that's even the situation. We should actually we should actually have stopped for a minute of silence after that because it's absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, fair fucks to him because he's done well, but it is so just ridiculous that a team's got in the first team squad. Like, well, we've actually got Leo Connor, but he's never been seen. I mean, he's no he's not played. I think for the first team since we bought him, he was on loan at like Tranmere last season. He's a right back, but I mean, the new end squad does one right back. It's just bizarre. I mean, if another, even another team doing this, we'd be howling at them. If Rangers were doing this, then we'd be absolutely pissing ourselves at them. So <laughs> it's just our recruitment, as you said, is ridiculous, isn't it? Terrible. You know, and, and it just shows you. I mean, they've they've got to support Ange because they've they've clearly not done that well enough so far um it's a massive month that we're going into there we've got two rounds of european qualifiers to negotiate we're not quite sure what competition that playoff round will be in, although we hope it will be the europa league and and then we've got all these domestic games as well like you say the run of games at, at celtic park's a great opportunity for them to start getting some wins on the board i know it's probably going to be a bit of a funny atmosphere next sunday potentially against dundee with a protest and you know, fans are completely within their, their right to protest that they're running the club at the moment. It's nothing against Ange or the team or anything like that at all. And in all likelihood, I'll probably be there myself. But it, it'll be a bit of a, a strange atmosphere there. But they've, they've obviously got to put that to one side and get off the mark now in the league. And fingers crossed they can obviously get a win in um, on the Thursday night to sort of set themselves up for that as well. I would hope that we'll have enough to negotiate that tie. Can't say I've seen a lot of our opposition ahead of those those two ties, but you've got to hope that we'll have enough to to at least get through that round there and, and into the playoff where there's one or two decent looking 
sets of opposition in there um, that, that we could potentially come up against. So it just shows you, to be honest, uh, how, how quickly we've got to start getting deals done here. Um, we need new fullbacks. We need a new goalkeeper. Um, Olivier and Champ, I'm sure we're just about to come on to, has left the club today. So we're, we're needing reinforcements in midfield. We don't know what the long-term future of Odson Edward is, although I'd imagine it isn't at Celtic. Um so there's you know six or seven potentially that you're looking at, at needing to get in before the before the transfer window slams shut. I mean, I think the goalkeeper will probably Joe Hart for what I've been uh, reading about and hearing, and he's maybe not the best goalkeeper these days, but he's got a, like, a big personality, and that could work to an extent, I suppose. I mean, right back could be anybody. We've been linked with. Loads like George Baldock. I think George Baldock's where he went to buy the you know Sheffield United guy, but I don't make it. I think Sheffield United will like eight million or something for him, and we just can't spend eight million on the right back. It'd be daft, even though he'd help us. I mean, we've been linked with a couple of guys for like Derby as well, and the guys for Reigns and that guy for Antwerp or really Obuta. I mean, that was supposedly going to happen, but it's went quite in that front. No doubt we're having a 16 week long discussion about whether we should sign him or not and like try and get him away. Five pence off the transfer fee we need to pay, <laughs> but I mean when we look back at this season, hopefully when we're the end of season podcast and maybe we're like, huh, maybe we thought still that we're going to be crap this season and we still won't only win the treble, amazing. But if we somehow don't win the league, I mean, I think the board will take more of the blame than Ange for this situation. I mean, Ange, he did take the job, but he's always going to be up against it. Like I mean. If it was if it was appointed like at the time Ronnie was appointed, he'd get a lot more time because we never really much in a challenge then, and our squad wasn't as ramshackled as it is now. But I think that if we don't win the league, I think the board will get more of the blame and rightly so because they've made a complete mess of this at the club since last October when it was clear to everybody that Lenish lost his job, but Celtic decided to stick with him for reasons unknown. It's just, and the fans were protesting then, fans are going to protest next weekend. I mean, that must be a record at a club. First home league game of the season and you're going to get protests. And this, there's nobody to blame but themselves for the way they've run the club. I mean, as you said, with, the, with our wonderful uh, first leaders quarantine rules, I mean, Celtic knew that we had to get players in weeks ago. And we should have done it weeks ago. But no, and then, alright, Starfield didn't play great last night, but he'd have been a help in midweek, probably. Uh, the striker as well, Furuhashi, if we'd go to him in time, he might have been a help as well. But no, it's the same old date in the last minute. We've done it even when we had one of our best managers in years, Brendan Rodgers. We scraped about and tried to get players in. He had to play beat on at centre-off, like in Champions League qualifiers as well. And no wonder he wanted to go to China. Can't blame him. But uh, oh, Brendan, uh, and I know everybody was mad at him for leaving. But see, looking back at that, you can't blame him for leaving when he did because he probably started writing on the wall that Celtic were going to make a mess of things. And I don't think they thought we'd be in this situation. Knowing it is just unbelievable how Celtic have managed to fall apart in the last year. And most of the people that have caused us problems are still at the club. The only one that's left is Neil Lennon. Peter Lowell, I think, like, like he's no day to day anymore, but I think he's probably still involved in the club somewhere. I wouldn't be surprised, allegedly. But no, I mean, it's just that 
I don't know. It's not looking good. The new, and what the manager can turn that around is by winning games as soon as possible. There, there should have been a lot more changes at Celtic in the summer. I mean, remember the talk non-stop about the director of football? I think we even talked about it on the episode we done when Andrew appointed. Like, all throughout the summer they were talking about there's going to be a change. I think they got a recruitment firm. They, get a, they look at getting a, a director of football in. And that's like completely been forgot about and bombed out. I think getting a director of football was just as important as getting a manager in. If we'd got a director of football in and Ange in the same day, then fair enough, he could take care of that. Ange could take take care of the the tactics. But I kind of believe that director of football things just been forgot about. It's bizarre, isn't it? Uh, it really is. I mean, it's just went completely silent on on that front. Um, and that is one of the crucial things. And reshaping the squad and, and recruiting right as well you know we could have bloody Pep Guardiola in there as the manager at the moment it's not going to matter because we're not giving him the right players and it, as much as we're saying you know we need to get four, five, six, seven, however many it is in as soon as possible like do we really trust our recruitment or whoever's making these deals at the moment because you know there's no real clarity on that front as to to who it is that's actually handling it Um, so it, it's it's a sorry state of affairs, John. It really is. As <laughs> as terrible. I think this episode is even more downbeat than the episode that we had to drunk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. There'll be twenty five thousand, twenty four, twenty five thousand. I done gee game next week. I'll be interested and see what reception the team gets. And I mean, as you said, I think it's going to be a sort of strange atmosphere. The protests before the game, but I think a lot of people will just be so happy to be back at Park. You'd even know. Well, not playing very well anyway. I don't know how that happiness will last. If we like, give away a goal to a Charlie, a Charlie Adam deflected free kick after two minutes or something, which will probably happen. No no luck. But no, that, that'll be an interesting day, yeah. Because I think there might be a lot of protests. I think there'll be a big crowd there. And I can't even blame the fans because Selick aren't doing well at the moment, and that's putting it mildly. We're symbolic, really. And I'm sure the Rangers fans I know that are listening to this, the swines will uh, be loving this, but well, at least when in our darkest days we've done the liquidates of the stars of a new club. So every club is a silver lining on it. But well, we'll finish this episode with a look at Olivier Cham. As you stated earlier, Spunk Phone, he has left Celtic. He's on a free transfer. Uh, he wrote on his own Instagram that he left, thanking all the players and the fans and that. Then Celtic confirmed it on the club's website, and I think this is just a case of what could have been with Olivier Cham. I mean, I know a lot of people have criticised him for his application in that, but at one stage, it looked like he was going to be like one of the players that we sell for a lot of money, like Chris Ayer, Dembele, Tierney. He had some good memories, that winning goal against Rangers at Parkhead, the winning goal... Uh, in Rome, when Neil Lennon beat Lazio on his own single-handedly. <laughs> just kidding, <coughs> just kidding, Neil. But uh, no, it does leave with some good memories. But I think it is a case of what could have been. Do you not think? Aye, I, I'm totally on side with that. I think um, you definitely did think in his early days. And I remember, for example, at the end of his, his first season, he scored in the cup final against Motherwell. And I did a couple of really good performances in Europe and, and against Rangers as well. And um, like you said, then went on to give us a couple of memorable winners against um, that mob and uh, Lazio as well. So, 
yeah, there's a couple of good memories you'll obviously leave us with there. I was just going to say, I've just remembered that when uh, when we won 3-2 at Ibrox, when uh, we were reduced to 10 men, I think he was man in a match that day. He uh, helped to dominate the midfield when we were reduced to 10 men. So there was a player there, but we've missed out on a good transfer of for him, which is just yet another example of how badly run Celtic now. It, exactly. That, that's the most disappointing thing for me because I don't think in Cham really kicked a ball for Celtic, certainly in the past 12 months. I know he obviously had that loan stint at Marseille as well. And, but the most disappointing aspect for me was it was a £4 million outlay on, on this guy and, and he's then walked away for nothing um, with the opportunity to sell him to Porto a few years back. And, and really, it just shows you a recurring problem and one we're seeing unfolding this summer um, with Iron Edward, I think to slightly lesser extents because we obviously got the money for Iron and, and I'd imagine we'll um, at least recoup the money that we've spent on Edward despite the last couple of performances. Hopefully Graham Potter's not been watching him. But but no, I, I think the really disappointing thing is it's it's just the latest in a, a long line of these really questionable and poor decisions um, at business level for Celtic. So disappointed. Um, I hope to God we get a replacement in over the next month but um, the way things are going on the recruitment front at the moment I'm not so sure maybe they'll shock us in the next 31 days and we'll sign like 10 players or something maybe maybe that'll happen I mean that that, that like used to happen like with teams that were in like a ridiculous situation they go on a, like a signing spree a frenzy and that's what we really need like it'll not happen but we generally could do with signing like 10 players uh, what a situation but uh, no well it's never dull with Celtic anyway so I'm sure when we're reunited again in the podcast Bunk Forum we'll have more exciting things to talk about uh, hopefully a lot more cheery than this one John I'm pretty depressed after this to be honest I don't know about more cheery to the truth I think uh, that, might be, that might be too far no Spunk Forum thanks for joining me in this episode thanks very much John it's been a pleasure chatting with you not once but twice today so um, hopefully we can catch up again soon in cheerier circumstances well, we can only hope. But thanks to Spunkphone for being on with us in this episode. I think Steve will be back when we do a review for the Jablonic game. Thanks to everybody for listening. Leave us five star reviews. Leave us like five star ratings, good reviews, and all the usual places you know what to find us on our iTunes, etc. And we have had some good ones. Keep them coming. And we will be back after the Jablonic game. And Probably after the Dundee game as well. There's going to be a lot of games this month, so probably a lot of gig, post ep- gig pod episodes as well. What a treat for our fans, eh, Spunk Phone? Uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> right, thank you, Spunk Phone. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Celtic will be back soon, and so will we. Thank you, everybody, and hail, hail.
Social Podcast Network.